It's been quite a long road, um, getting all the way from episode one back in July of 2020 uh, to this, episode 169 here in 2024. And Neil and I have had uh, a lot of interesting discussions back and forth, and we've learnt an awful lot over that time. And there have been so many other benefits to doing this podcast. So, join myself and Neil for this emotional episode where we say a fond farewell. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Aliens Explored, your weekly, or used to be, your weekly look at the mysterious skies, underwater, smoke-filled backrooms, um, secret deals between politicians and the military and, and all that kind of thing. Um, yes, we're doing this for the last time. For for the time being, anyway. My my name is Neil Kelly, I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Stu Jackson, I have been your other host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we, so... We we have kind of done this before, haven't we? Where we've said, "Oh, we we need to take a break," and we've taken a break. Yeah. Um, and we've said, "But we'll be coming back," and we have come back. Hmm. Um, this time's a bit different. Well, we we're uh, going down. We're not for, ruling it out. Going down for the third time. Mm. Yeah, we're not ruling out um, coming back, but yeah, we've we've no plans or intention to at the moment is that fair to say yeah i think that's fair to say who knows we might so, um, let- some, we might be stimulated by something into picking this up again <laughs> and uh, running with it but uh I, I money think, uh, money is always good money money with <laughs> help um <laughs> yeah and uh, an indisputable extraterrestrial event that might uh we might have something to say about that. <laughs> We've had plenty of those already, but you then dispute them. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, so I think worth um, worth worth explaining to our our listeners um, why we've come to this. Is so so 
you and I, Neil, we um, as as oh, as our regular listeners will know full well because we keep banging on about it. Um, our Christmas time is a busy time of year, so we took we recorded lots of episodes in advance mm. um, and uh, ready to be sort of released on time um, this year. In previous years, we've taken a break. Um, mm. And, and done it that way, but we didn't want to do that this year. We wanted to, um, so we, we, we needed to take the break, but mm. we recorded lots and lots of episodes in advance, uh, to free up our time to do that. Um, and also, a lot's been happening for us, uh, kind of outside of all that as well. Our, our careers have been evolving and changing, um, over the last couple of years. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's gotten to the point whereby it's just a bit too much really, isn't it? To be, it, um, it's difficult to find time when we're both available. That's, mm. I'd, I'd put it that way. We have, we have spare time, but not necessarily coinciding with each other. We, we, we have spare time, but a, not very much of it mm. and B, it's important. I think it's important, um, without sounding too dramatic about this now. But it, I think it's important for everyone's sort of mental and spiritual health to to have downtime, to have time off. Um, mm. And whilst you know it, it's it's great to do the thing you love um, when it's hard work, which mm. you know, we we put a lot of hard work into this because we love it. Um, yeah, it it doesn't count as time off. <laughs> no, does it? So it doesn't uh, really. No. Yeah. So so. I'm sorry, that was my, my back. That was my doorbell. Oh, oh didn't hear it. Okay. <laughs> okay. No worries. So yeah, looking back at uh, June uh, or very end of June, uh, twenty twenty. So mm. nearly four years ago now. Um, yeah, nearly four years ago was when we started. So we started because I mean, <laughs> if our listeners don't know that we record these in advance by now, um, there's yeah, they, they haven't um, been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so we obviously record that. Our thirty first of June, twenty twenty, was when we released our first three episodes. So we'd probably spent a good month before that. I'm trying to remember back then. Was it was it a month beforehand that we uh, started talking about it when I first approached you? Um, I don't remember. I really don't. It was that long ago, right? Yeah. I mean, I remember vaguely me saying to you, how do you fancy doing mm. a podcast about UFOs? I know you know nothing about them. Or mm. something along those lines. Um, I remember that. I remember that conversation. Yes, I, I don't remember <laughs> how big the interval between was between that and recording and releasing. Well, I know we did three episodes. I think our first recording was three episodes back to back. In that, mm. no, that, no, I'm actually I'm questioning that now. I don't think it was. I think maybe there was like we recorded one episode a week um, for the first three weeks of recording. And then release mm. them as one batch lot, but yeah, yeah, it's really hard to remember now. It's like I said mm. that long ago. 
Um, but the intention was, as you rightly say, was in the middle of lockdown. Um, as as actors, we we were twiddling our thumbs um, mm. very much. We needed some creative outlet, definitely. And uh, I can't remember how I came up with the idea in the first. I, th- I think I'd been watching UFO programs like you know. Uh, ancient aliens or something like that mm. I'd been watching far more of than I normally would have chance to um, I think I've um, been doing a lot of audio work I, I know I did some um, I did some readings I did a I did a murder mystery mm-hmm. that, where they, they, they'd actually done it as a cartoon and they just needed the voices to read the to read the lines uh, to read the script, and uh, I remember I was reading. Um, I was doing Bible readings in an American mm, accent. Yeah, time. and because because during lockdown, everyone round here seemed to decide that was the time to get their their roof extent their their loft extension done or their extension bills out the back. So <laughs> daytime there was just this constant noise of builders and machine tools and what have you. So I would have to record late at night, and I'd be sat here in this little back room reading the bible in an american accent <laughs> <laughs> i remember you talking about that yeah. what a fantastic view you've got though out your window look oh isn't it yeah planet earth and <laughs> of the earth yeah <laughs> as, as you can see it is just a disc it's it's actually flat but when i'm directly above yeah, uh, it yes yes and look how small it is you can even see individual um street lights yeah yeah <laughs> It must be really small. It must be really small. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we started. So I know. I know when we started. I remember talking because I mean, partly because obviously we have worked together as actors, so I know we get on hmm. incredibly well because we're, well, we're friends. Hmm. We've been friends for a long time. Um, so I knew and I, I knew you professionally and personally. I knew you had the background with the military. Mm. And I also, at the time, I think when I first thought of you for it, I had the suspicion that you didn't know anything whatsoever about UFOs. No more than anyone else uh, um, who hasn't taken a specific interest <laughs> in it and read books about it. I was going to say, probably most of our listeners do. Yeah, probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> because of the nature of the topic. Yeah. but um, The fact that you're a yeah, listener um, means that, yeah, you're in the top percentile there. Whatever. But I knew I wanted somebody that would disagree with me if, if they disagree with me. Because mm. um, I can be quite... I've, I've discovered that I, I can be quite... Um, not stubborn. I don't know what the word is um, that I'm looking for here, but I I can be quite difficult to argue with. At times. <laughs> I always think I'm right. No, that's that's a terrible way of putting it. I'm not that bad. Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, no, so you, someone you who will, def- you will defend your me. ground to the last hostage. I'll defend yeah. my ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want to put it that way. But yeah, so someone yeah. who would stand toe to toe with me, but also. Yeah, not knowing anything about it, like, means that... So I had this in mind that that talking about subjects that maybe listeners might not know anything about, well, that's great because you'd be kind of bringing them along for the ride Mm. with your finding out about it. Yeah. Um, So that was the idea. But back then, I look back back then and I think, 
Well, you know, I've studied these crop circles for a long time and I've I've learnt a lot about UFOs. I knew nothing. <laughs> I knew nothing about ufology compared to now, thanks mm. to this podcast uh, and doing this. <coughs> I thought I knew a lot more than I did. Mm. Um, and, I, you know, compared to a, uh, a lay person. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, isn't I that how... Basically how science works, that... Uh, as you learn more and more, your um, your confidence in your knowledge goes into that dip, doesn't it? That when you start out, you start learning stuff and you think you know a lot about something. And then as you progress, as you learn more, you realise how little you know, how much more there is to know. And then it's a long time before yes. you actually start to have confidence in how much you do know. It's called the... the I mean, it's related to something called the... Dunning-Kruger? The Dunning-Kruger effect, where people who... They yeah. don't know enough about a subject to know how to understand how little they know. Yes, and I remember, yes, and that's a, it. a related thing about that was um, an advisor in, in in the White House in the early two thousands talking about George W. Bush, saying that yeah, the most difficult kind of person to work with is someone who doesn't understand that he doesn't understand. <sighs> yeah. Yes. Yes, and there's that ancient proverb, isn't there, about the beginning of wisdom is to know that you know nothing. Yeah. Um, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely, for me, a steep learning curve of learning how much I didn't know. Um, mm. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, looking back, I I know we talked about some, some subjects that, that are certainly, to me, like, really um, important Hmm. subjects. Betty and Barney Hill of course was our, our first um, topic but more so because that was the first publicly uh, where, where people publicly came out and said we were abducted by aliens hmm. you know, That's that was a, a first. They probably weren't the first people to have been in that situation but, but certainly first people to come out about it publicly Um and bubblers are I, I mean I'm still very much on the fence of I believe bubblers are, one hundred percent. Okay. Um, I know you were very uh, skeptical about. <laughs> yes. It, you know, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, very skeptical. Yeah. I, I'm going to ask you now. Now that, well, you've learned all the things you've learned uh, coming through. Do you think you would be as skeptical about bubblers are now if we were to discuss it from scratch? Um, yeah, I think I would. I think I would. I think, really? um, yeah, I think, I mean, as you say, as as I've learned more and more about UFOs, I've realised how little we know about the cosmos and what's up there and these things that can appear in the sky and we don't know what they are. Um, and it's almost like, I mean, that's what religion does, doesn't it? It fills in gaps in your understanding with us, uh, with magic beings, with, with, with magical stuff. Fairy tales. Um, what was, it, was it described as? Um, yeah, um, covering up your ignorance with nonsense. But yeah, so yeah, you, you've seen something in the sky. You can't make out what it is. Therefore, it must be a visitor from another world or another dimension. Um, and I think there is a tendency to to do that. I mean, that's say the world's religions are based on that, aren't they? Someone seeing something. Not understanding what it not un, well don't know they don't know where the sun goes at night so they invent a story about a god you know 
such a, with that that level of ignorance and that level of wa- wanting to fill in the gaps with with some kind of certainty. I mean, to be fair, believing in a god does not mean a person is ignorant. We're not saying that. I won't go that far. No, I won't go that far. No, but no. <laughs> let's, not, let's not do but, that. Yeah, let's not do that and alienate half our, our listeners. But um, yeah, um, but that, that's how gods are made, isn't it? That there's something happens that you don't a, understand. That's a lot the... of times. Hmm. Yeah, uh, like polyfiller. Yeah, um, in, in fill in the gaps. Yeah, just fills in the gaps. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm I'm going to. So huh, maybe this is something that's developed on me um, over the time, but I don't necessarily believe in extraterrestrials. I think I I used to. Looking back, I, I used to be absolutely convinced of it. Now I'm not so sure. I am one hundred percent certain in myself that there is something going on but given all the different options out there you know interdimensional beings um you know time travel is Mm. is what we 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 don't touch on very often at all but we occasionally do um you know it's not necessarily and it, it you know so those are kind of the big ones is extraterrestrials interdimensional or time travelers mm. um there's also the theory that these are terrestrial beings they just live in parts of the planet that we haven't explored like you know deep under the sea or you know places mm. like that but they're as much you know earthlings as we are um there, there are all these different theories and i'm very open to the idea it might be none of those things and something that we just haven't even conceived of. Yeah, I mean, I'm perfectly prepared to accept you know, there, there are trillions of solar systems out in the universe, billions of stars in billions of galaxies. Um, I'm perfectly prepared to accept that there could be life elsewhere out in the universe and possibly oh, yeah. more technologically advanced than us. Um, and And might have developed the capability to to visit each other that's can't rule that out that's you know that that's what what we're aiming for isn't it to be able to travel deep into space so it's perfectly feasible that someone else out there has done it well you talk about you know another race being more technologically advanced than us and, Mm. and absolutely i think it is almost impossible for us to conceive what a species technological level would be if they were a thousand years more advanced than us. No. Because let's look at... Okay, we know I'm a big Star Trek fan. Mm. You look at warp drive in Star Trek. Do you know, Neil, we are, scientifically speaking and technologically speaking, on the brink of that right now. Okay. It's been designed on paper. Um, there's a guy called uh, Alcubierre mm. who has designed and, scientifically speaking, on paper, mm. it it there's n- no reason why it should not work. Uh, where it basically it folds space or or it it yeah it sort of folds it in front and extends it behind or or mm. something like that that. Basically, rather than moving the craft through space, it moves space instead. 
Okay. Um, it, it's an actual thing that works on paper. Now, we don't have... We're not quite at the technological level where we can build it, but if we, where we are at the moment, are on the brink of something like that, where would we be in a thousand years' time? Hmm. And then you're talking about species on other planets that might be a million years more advanced than us. Yeah. So the idea of them being able to travel to a planet like this is not that and, and far-fetched, I would say. And And historically visions of the future have been based on the technologies we're developing now. So, yeah. for instance, if you look at um, Fritz Lang's Metropolis, it envisaging a city of the future, and there's all these zeppelins and biplanes flying around. Um, you look at something like Thunderbirds, where the technology is very, mm. very much rooted in the 1960s, but purported to be in the, the 2060s. And I, I remember the first episode, the, the Fire Flash episode, and there's there's a guy at the, the control tower at London Airport saying, Sir, unidentified aircraft approaching at 14,000 miles an hour. And then there's Scott Tracy steering this thing with two like little levers going, Control Tower to Thunderbird 1. It's 14,000 <laughs> miles an hour. It's seven times the speed of a high-velocity bullet. Uh, that's, yeah. But, the, yeah. Or you look at... Yeah, the, the the artists' impressions that were made in the nineteenth century of what the future would look like. Yeah, lots of hot air balloons. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's what we 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 base it on. It's uh, absolutely quite quite famous. So yeah, so the idea of oh, yeah, right. I was going to say another one. The famous one was was Dick Tracy, who had a a wristwatch radio, and um, you know, he'd be in the cartoon and be saying, "Calling Dick Tracy, calling Dick Tracy." And people say, "That's impossible." Where would you fit the valves? You know, a radio in those days was a piece of furniture in the corner of your room. How do you get that on your wrist? And whoever wrote it said, well, I don't know, but we, he's just got one. And, you know, a few years later, along came transistors, and it suddenly was possible. Well, I don't, I don't quite think I can do video calling on my watch yet, but it isn't far away yeah. at all. Yeah, you're well past Dick Tracy. Yeah, you're well past Dick Tracy in that respect. Oh, very much so, very much so. Um, so yeah, so 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 looking at that, the idea, like I say, of 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 a, and we talk about like you know being advanced, but only in human terms anyway. Mm. Um, you know, if if a species went a completely different technological route, you know, if they went more spiritual or psychic sort of level mm. of of development. Yeah, it it changes the whole thing. So, so the idea of us talking about well, aliens, you know, well, you know, that how would they traverse? Well, no, that's that's wrong thinking because it doesn't allow for alien. Yeah, and that, which will that, be something completely beyond our sphere of understanding. And anyway. that, that's also another thing I've heard scientists talking about. They're talking about the filter, whereby we can't become much more technologically advanced because we'll destroy ourselves with our with the technology we've got. Either through you know, Noam Chomsky is quoted the same. Well, we'll either die slowly through climate change, or we'll die quickly in a nuclear war. Those are the two existential threats to humanity at the moment, um, and that is because all our technology, um, all, all the money for new technology, is 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 being is put towards developing weapons of war, um, having a, having yeah. a, a military strategic tactical advantage. 
that as you say if if someone if a, a different species had evolved in a different way and didn't think in that kind of way then yes they could very well develop technology without risking destroying themselves with it before they got too far yeah. what if it's a species that evolved on a planet that didn't have a a food chain or a food hierarchy that didn't have predators hmm I'd just totally and utterly different to us you know we think in a predator way because we're evolved from predators but you look at something like star trek e- even though that's set in a, a peaceful future that there's a you know there's every everyone on earth is living in peace they've developed this amazing technology but the starship enterprise is still very much a, a battleship in space and it's capable of destroying the entire planet um yeah so obviously people yeah. have had to they're still developing that kind of technology, but obviously not using it in that way. I mean, you know, Star Trek's not a documentary, don't you? Yeah, but I'm talking about. <laughs> well, it's these anomalies that I don't don't really watch it very often. You know, say, well, it's set in a, a progressive socialist future. I'm thinking, well, yeah, Enterprise is a bit of a capitalist name for a starship. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is indeed. indeed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm laughing now because as big a trekker as I am, it never occurred to me before. Um, <laughs> yes, it's definitely the... Um, oh, people talk about it being a socialist utopia, but mm. that's only because they don't have money. Mm. And that's not their motivator in life. Mm. It's... Kind of not really anti-capitalist. It just isn't capitalist. Mm. But they've they've there's, gone into space, fully locked and loaded and well armed, you know, to fight. Oh, fight. Got to defend themselves. Yeah, to defend but, but, themselves yeah. millions of miles <coughs> from their home planet. But that I think, I mean, and and if I'm right in thinking, what well, I, I think we're on the same page here is all of that is human thinking and applying human thinking to alien civilizations mm. we assume that they will think like we do mm. um and that's a that's a bold assumption to make yeah. right there bold yeah. assumption um now i'm gonna ask you uh, what would you say is your most memorable episode that we have done to date um well i suppose the more recent they are the more the more memorable they are. Um, Yeah. And I'm thinking there was a couple of episodes we've done in the last year where there was obviously an element of to be continued about them. Hmm. Um, One of them was the congressional hearings into UFOs with David Grush. And the Hmm. other one that springs to mind were these Peruvian miniature aliens that were being examined. Now, have they have have those Peruvian aliens been positively debunked? Yeah. <laughs> so, at time of recording, a couple of days ago, there is a claim mm-hmm. that they were intercepted, being transported out of Mexico, mm. intercepted, um, and that uh, it appears they're papier mâché. Okay. Um, now. Yeah, <laughs> there are so many. Now this was reported by the Daily Mail, mm. uh, one of our favourite newspapers. Well, I, I'm looking at a story. Um, I can trump that. I'm looking at a story in the Daily Star. 
Lower brow, um, but actually probably has a better reputation than the Daily Mail. Only just. Mm. Only just. Um, yeah, I. It, 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 it's it's one of those stories. I mean, listeners, go and look it up. Mm. For me, it raises more questions than it answers. You know, why were these bodies being sneaked out mm. of Mexico? Um, you know, it wouldn't take much for somebody to make mock-ups of these bodies mm. and then try and sneak them out only for them to get intercepted. No, look, mm. they're not real. I, I don't know. There's there's something mm. um, but, uh, and the, the guy, curious about uh, all of I that. I mean, he called himself a journalist. Is it uh, pronounced Jaime or Jaime? Given it's Spanish. Mosan? Jaime, yeah. Jaime yeah, Mosan. Yeah, who... Um, yeah, he had form for that kind of thing, didn't he? That he he made fraudulent claims before. Well, so he's a guy who's. Well, yeah. it has been claimed his claims were fraudulent. Yeah, it's never been proven. It's never okay. been proven that he's made fraudulent claims, but it has been claimed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't prove. I mean, when he when he claims to have seen the Virgin of whatever the the Blessed Virgin and all this. Uh, um. Yeah, take that with a pinch of salt. But he he had been, he had previously been associated with things that had been comprehensively debunked. Which anybody who works in ufology, that will happen. Mm. Unless unless you're an out and out naysayer, Mm. you know, yes, that is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't impressed with this guy. He, he seemed very much a. a no, how, I don't know how litigious he is, so I'm not going to use the word. But uh, no, let's, let's, he's not let's someone not to be because, to be trusted. <coughs> because literally, you've got two people's words to accept. You've got him on one side. You've got other people mm. providing just as little proof, mm. just as little evidence. And making claims, and and like yeah, the um, the media are dogpiling on the people who say, "Oh yeah, he's making it up." Mm. Oh well, that explains everything then. Um, well, no, it doesn't. It's not so <laughs> much proof that so he's making it up. It, it's asking awkward questions that he wasn't able to answer. Like, why isn't this being shared throughout the scientific community? Why are you keeping all this to yourself? And uh, okay, why wasn't the Peruvian I, ambassador invited to these to the you know this? This, these hearings about these these artifacts that um, that uh, supposedly came from his country, and I mean uh, that was the thing I, that that Mexico suddenly had these congressional hearings into UFOs right after the United States congressional hearings. Mm-hmm. There wasn't much time between those two events, was there? And um, yeah, it seemed to the congr- Mexican congressional hearings seemed to be based on these on these little bodies that uh, he turned up with. Well, I think. You know, those questions you just put forth are perfectly reasonable questions. Mm. I don't think a lack of answer is proof or evidence that he's making it up, though. Um, that, no, that's, but it's... That's where it's suspicious. the media are... It, I agree. It's I agree with that. that when, when he doesn't go through the, 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 the normally accepted chains of scientific um, discovery. I I absolutely agree. I just I disagree that it is proof 
It's not proof. That's where the media is. No, but that's what the media is doing. They're saying, oh, well, it proves that he's making it. No, it doesn't. It just, anyway. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. It, it so that's, there's that's an awful lot of questions that he can't down. answer. That, yeah. <coughs> if, this, that if this were true, he would be able to answer these questions. Yeah, not proof that he's lying, so, but um, <laughs> but let's have some answers so, to those questions. And obviously, as it turned out, there weren't any. So would you like to hear mine? Yes, I would. I've I've actually got two standouts. Mm. Um, one is, and it, it's kind of close to home for us, uh, is the Rendlesham Forest incident. Mm. I think that's a that, that's a story that bears a lot more research yet. Mm. Um, yeah, there, there's it's an incredible story. An incredible story told by very credible witnesses. Um, so, hmm. yeah. Um, well, weren't we going to go on a, a on a on a one. jaunt to Rendlesham Forest? I mean, we still we could. keep saying we're going to do it. But, we still you know, could. <laughs> timings and plannings and things yeah. like that. Um, but the other one for me is uh, where we've been talking, and and it's my knowledge and and my um, awareness of the places only increased purely by us doing this this podcast um is skimwalker ranch mm. um the more that that place is delved into uh the more fascinating and interesting it seems and in fact um if any of our listeners sort of watch or or listen to and uh, not listen to it's, it's a tv program mm. um but yeah if, any, if anybody watches like the either the curse of skinwalker ranch or the secret of skinwalker ranch depending on what country you live in <coughs> i highly recommend it um it, it's a really there's a there's a lot going on there's a lot go, that goes on behind the scenes of it um uh with dr travis taylor um yeah especially when he was working for the government and he didn't tell his his colleagues mm. um yeah it's quite an interesting but but as a place, there is something very, very weird about the whole thing. Um, yeah, I won't, I won't mm. go into too much detail because because we already have. <laughs> into, listen, can, we already have anyway. You can thumb uh, back and ooh. listen to what we said about it before. Yeah, and yeah, but it's. But I also would like kind of if we'd have if we'd have been keeping going with this like you know what other things would have come out the woodwork what mm. other things would have presented themselves to us and we, we oh wow that's incredible um and there was so much we were going to discuss as well um so no, we've still got the t-shirts we've still got the microphones <laughs> we st- we've still got the t-shirts uh there's still you know still a possibility but um Oh gosh! So stuff just to to give uh, our listeners an idea of what we had planned to discuss: Stanton Friedman, which we were going to talk about last week, but it got taken over by the jellyfish mm. thing. Uh, we were going to talk about the elongated skulls phenomenon, uh, the Hat Men, which were the predecessors to the Men in Black, uh, Robert Taylor from Scotland, who was actually assaulted by a UFO, mm. um, Avi Loeb. Um, Gobekli Tepe, which is a, a really interesting <coughs> ancient um, site, 
Uh, we were going to talk about the different types of extraterrestrials that have been reported. The diff- you know, you've got greys, that's the most common. There's mm. also reptilians, there's the, the Nordics, there's all kinds of things. The 1977 WOW signal, as it's known, uh, where it's alleged in 1977 we did receive a radio signal from space. Um, uh, Trevor James Constable and living UFOs, where uh, he... Uh, Trevor Constable uh, postulates that actually UFOs uh, or a lot of UAPs that we see uh, are in fact, and, and I think I mentioned them in the last episode, uh, extremophiles, um, beings that live, uh, like living beings that, that live in extreme well, conditions. Conditions um, that to us would be extreme, like a, like in a, a volcano absolutely. or a, you know, the, the atmosphere, the stratosphere or... Absolutely. Uh, I got down for us to talk about the Antikythera, uh, which was in the recent terrible, terrible Indiana Jones movie. Uh, the Baltic Sea Anomaly, the Dolce War, um, <laughs> St. Lawrence Insurance Agency, who have an alien abduction insurance policy available, if anybody wants to take that down. <laughs> um, <coughs> we're not sponsored by them. I, I would like uh, to know what the premiums are, though. <laughs> It's actually not that high. It, it's like a dollar a year or something. Yeah, know, silly. And and actually, um, what would they if you got abducted by an alien and taken away for a few hours and probed and whatever? That um, what what would you be claiming in compensation? Oh, uh, a lot. I think like a million dollars, like level stuff. Um, but you have to prove it, and that's the thing. Mm. Uh, they did have a claim. Somebody did put in a claim with them, and it came close, but it wasn't quite considered uh, proof. Hmm. Um, yeah, so we were going to talk about all that. <coughs> High Brazil uh, potentially is a UF, secret UFO base. High Brazil is a land that has been lost to time. Um, hmm. Whether or not LSD allows us to see extraterrestrials vibrating at a different frequency. Um, God knows what I'd hmm. get when I came up with that one. Um, the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, the Dendera Light Bulb and Abydos Helicopter. These are um, glyphs on uh, ancient Egyptian um, tombs of what looks like a light bulb and a helicopter. Um, I'm going to talk about this simulation hypothesis, basically the matrix, and are we living in that? <coughs> oh, excuse me. Mm. Uh, Broadhaven in Wales in 1977. There were a number of different encounters there. Uh, Myrna Hansen's UFO encounter in 1980. We were going to ask, could the moon be artificial? Um, we were going to talk about Jacques Vallée. Valet, yeah, I can't even say it. Uh, the Frederick Valentic disappearance. We we're going to ask the question are octopi extraterrestrials, as some people theorise? Mm. Um, there is so much, so much we were going to talk about. Um, so you, you've wet our listeners' appetites for something for a meal that's yeah. never going to be served. Well, here's the thing I would strongly, strongly recommend every single one of our listeners. You know, you, you've now got that list you can listen to over and over again. I know I rattled through it, but, you know, write down all those things, research them yourself, make up your own minds. Um, I, I heartily, heartily recommend that. Hmm. Uh, make a podcast about it. Send us a yeah. link so we can listen. <coughs> That'd be great. Sorry I'm coughing so much. I've been trying to um, 
switch my microphone off when I cough, but I keep forgetting. <laughs> Sorry, I apologise it, for that. It'll all listeners. come out in the edit. Don't worry, we'll, 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 we'll fix mm. it in post. As, as, uh, I'll try, I'll try, but yeah, just get over bronchitis. Directors so, like uh, to say. Um, yeah. Oh, that, that was so really that, weird, um, watching you cough in silence. <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> That's what I'm supposed to have been doing. Um, but yeah, that uh, that brings us uh, to a- neatly to the end of the episode. The end of us. <laughs> Not the end of us. <laughs> well, if anybody, I, I'm going to say, if anybody would like to uh, kind of take an interest in our acting careers, mm. um, you're, you don't do the social media thing, really, do you, Neil? No, no, I don't. So, uh, can't really say, and follow Neil's career at, or anything like that. Can you can you? look me up on Spotlight, but that's about it, really. Okay, um, <laughs> so if you're an agent and yeah. you've got access to Spotlight, yeah. look up Neil Kelly. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm I'm on the social medias. Um, I'm on uh, Twitter at Stu Jackson Actor. Um, I'm Stu Jackson on Facebook. I don't know. Yeah, hmm. find me. Find us. Get your eyes peeled. Watching out for uh, I don't know historical drama. You do a lot of historical dramas, don't you, Neil? Um, I've done a few in my time, but right now I'm just Mr. Monopoly until Mr. something Monopoly. better comes yes, along. That's it. If you're in London, go visit Monopoly Life Size. Look for Neil. He'll be wearing a false mustache. <laughs> there's nothing about me that isn't 100% authentic. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, so. An emotional moment, but um, that we're uh, we're, but, we're, yeah. we're 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 masking beneath uh, sh- hollow laughter. But uh. yeah, yeah. No, I think the laughter's been real. Mm. The tears have been real. It's all been. Uh, it, it's been a huge amount of fun, and uh, and I've got to say an absolute huge, huge thank you to. All our listeners, every single one of you, um, the the way this podcast has has taken off and grown has been phenomenal, and um, I've been I've been really moved by it. Um, yeah, I, me I too. Think you have as well. I have, yeah, real. much um, appreciated. Indeed, and and especially a very special thank you uh, to all of our Patreon patrons as well. Um, that the, the the concept that that people are willing to sort of help support us in that mm. way, and uh, and and you know that the, the show that you want more um, mm. has been absolutely uh, it did blow me away, absolutely blow me away the support we've got from people. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me, and it's great because we've made friends, we've made friends around the world, yeah. like literal friends now. Um, you know, not just like you know people we know but yeah we've, we've made proper friends yeah. all around the world um thanks to this podcast it's been hell of a journey it certainly has for three and a half years three and a half years my goodness and uh and i think in terms of ufology and the stuff that's coming out now the journey is just beginning 
Um, so yeah. So for the final time. No, thank you. You're not going to say catch you next time, mate. Listening. <laughs> I'm not going to say catch you next time, but I am going to say keep watching the skies and take care for now. Yeah, keep watching those skies and uh, yeah, it's been fun and uh, who knows, who knows what the future holds. Bye bye for now. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.